everybody, my name is Andrew and welcome to the Bundesliga. This is episode 38 and we are wrapping up the 2019-2020 Bundesliga season. It was definitely one to remember with all the ups, lots of downs for sure, but this definitely was a memorable season so we're going to wrap this season up and take a little break for the summer and then get back into it for the next season. So here we go. First off, I'd like to thank the boys from Benchwarmers FC, Diego and Eric, for hopping on the show last week. I hope you guys enjoyed our chat about all things Bundesliga, some transfer rumors, all that kind of action, because I enjoyed having them on the show, and I look forward to having them on the show in the future as well. On top of that, I'd like to let everyone know that I also have my entire back catalog of episodes available to listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Before, it was only my 10 most recent episodes. Now, I have the entire catalog going back to last season. So, if any of that interests you, go back and give any of those episodes a listen. They are now available for everyone to listen for free. With that being said, let's move on to the 2019-2020 season wrap-up. So, we have a lot to talk about this week. We're going to go over the top of the Bundesliga table, the bottom of the Bundesliga table. We're going to talk about Europa League and Champions League spots. We're going to talk about relegation and promotion from Bundesliga 2. We'll go over some of the best goal scorers and assists of the season. We will talk about my favorite rookies this season that played and some of their awesome moments. And then we will also discuss some upcoming Europa League and Champions League action because there are still... German teams remaining in those two competitions. That being said, let's get right into it. So, the 2019-2020 season finished like this with the top of the table. Bayern Munich, first place, record eight-time champions with 82 points and 100 goals scored, which is awesome. Then you have Dortmund in second place, 69 points, 84 goals scored. You have RB Leipzig in third, 66 points and 81 goals scored, so you see how close that difference is between RB Leipzig and Dortmund. And then in fourth place, the last Champions League spot, you have Borussia Mönchengladbach with 65 points and 66 goals. So right there you see that Gladbach and Leipzig are one point apart, Leipzig and Dortmund are one game, so that's three points apart. So it's a very, very tight race, and Bayern ended up winning that second Der Klassiker at the... Uh, second half of the season after the quarantine, which really put them ahead of Dortmund, and Dortmund was not able to catch up afterwards. So that's how the top of the table looks. Moving on to the Europa group stage spots, you have Bayer Leverkusen, 63 points and 61 goals for, and Hoffenheim with 52 points and 53 goals for. So both those teams qualified directly for the Europa League group stage, and then the last team that qualifies for the Europa League second qualifying round is Wolfsburg finished with 49 points in that, was it, 7th place spot. So that's the top of the table. You've got a bunch of mid-card teams. I will like to say that when it comes to the two Berlin teams, they both finished with 41 points. Both Hertha and Union finished with 41 points. Hertha Berlin did edge out Union with, I believe, a smaller goal differential. They both were in the negatives. I think it was a negative 11 to negative 17. So that is where Hertha did finish above Union. But Union can definitely have some bragging rights. They beat them in the first ever derby, and they pretty much finished level with their Bundesliga rivals. Now, moving on to the bottom of the table, starting from dead last, we have SC Paderborn, Sporting Club Paderborn, 20 points, 37 goals for, and they are relegated. you got to give them credit for at least getting you know over a goal a game, but 
They did not play very well, only racked up 20 points, and are going back down to the second Bundesliga. Then one step up, I believe in 17th place, you have Fortuna Dusseldorf, 30 points. So 10 points clear of Paderborn, still not good enough. 36 goals, 4, above that one goal a game average, but they are also getting relegated. And then the one spot above that in the Bundesliga is the relegation slash promotion playoff spot. So what happens is Werder Bremen finishing third from the bottom with 31 points and 42 goals for. They play against FC Heidenheim, who in the second Bundesliga finished in third place in the pro uh, promotion race. So I'll talk about all of that in a minute and let you know what happened there. Now, to give you guys an understanding of the promotions, here we go into Bundesliga 2. So Bundesliga 2, the winner of the league was Armenia Bielfeld with 68 points, 65 goals for. Next up, you have Stuttgart. That I believe they went down last year, right back up this year, and they finished with 58 points, 62 goals for. And then in third place, that relegation promotion playoff spot, you have FC Heidenheim that just barely edged out Hamburg, 54 points to Hamburg's, sorry, Heidenheim had 55 points to Hamburg's 54 points. So Hamburg did not make that promotion playoff spot. So it ends up being Heidenheim versus Werder Bremen. So how did that game go? It's a two-legged game, one in Bremen, one in Heidenheim. The aggregate total is who gets promoted. So first game is at home at Bremen, 0-0 zero, zero tie. So Heidenheim did not get any away goals, but also didn't give up any. So you got a 0-0 zero, zero tie there. Second match is at home to Heidenheim, ends in a 2-2 tie, but with the away goal rule, Bremen stays up in the Bundesliga and Heidenheim has to fight out another season in the Bundesliga too. Even though it's a tie, 2-2 game, that's when that away rule really comes to, to bite you in the ass sometimes. So, sucks for Heidenheim. The first game honestly had a lot of drama, but not a lot of really shots on goal. It was a back and forth, back and forth game, but not a lot of shots on goal. The second game had definitely more shots on goal, and you even had the goals. You had four goals between the teams, one of which was like super late. It was the consolation goal for Heidenheim in you know past the 80th minute, I believe, maybe even stoppage time. But it was not enough to keep Heidenheim getting promoted. So Bremen stays up, Heidenheim stays down, and that's how that ended. I do want to give a quick shout-out to the Bayern amateur team, Bayern 2. They technically won the third league in the Bundesliga, but they're not getting promoted. There is a rule that a team's academy cannot get promoted above the third tier, which is something that I've talked about before on, on an episode about academies and stuff and whether in the U.S. you could have a, a promotion relegation system if a lot of the USL teams are academy teams. This is a perfect example of that. Bayern 2 won the third Bundesliga but are not getting promoted, so the teams number 2 and 3 get promoted and team number 4 goes into that promotion relegation playoff. So that's exactly how that worked. So congrats to Bayern 2, even though they're not getting promoted. All right, next up we have the golden boot race and the assist title. So this season, for those of you that don't know, Lewandowski has been on complete fire. In case you live under a rock, Lewandowski across all competitions is just running on all cylinders. He wins the Bundesliga golden boot with 34 goals in the Bundesliga. He's also the leading goal scorer in the DFB Pokal, six goals in the DFB Pokal, which Bayern won, so they're sitting on a double right now. 
and then 11 goals currently in the Champions League. So if you guys have been counting, that's 51 goals on the season, and the season is not even over yet. There is still Champions League action to be played, and granted, from the quarterfinals onward, it's only going to be single-leg elimination, he still has 51 goals. So if, if those games were still around, imagine how much more he potentially could score. But we do still have to watch Lewandowski in the Champions League. He could still add on to his 51-goal total there, even though he has less games to play than someone like Messi or Ronaldo that have went pretty deep in the Champions League before and have had pretty high yearly numbers. Lewandowski is going to get a couple games cut off, assuming he gets to the final, but he's still at 51 goals, which is just amazing. Next up, we have the Assist King, and here we have Thomas Muller breaking a record. And that record was Kevin De Bruyne, 20 assists in the 14-15 Bundesliga season. This year, Thomas Muller got 21 assists. So, wow, huge ups to Thomas Muller for pulling that off. On top of that, he got a bunch of goals too, but really this year he was showing what kind of playmaker he is with 21 assists. It's kind of hilarious how Joaquin Love was getting rid of Thomas Muller and Jerome Boateng from the national team, and this year those are two players that really stepped up for Bayern and showed that they still have a lot to offer, and Muller definitely showed that with 21 assists, so congratulations to Thomas Muller. Do also want to give a shout-out to Timo Werner, the departing German striker from RB Leipzig. He finished the season in second place with 28 goals and 8 assists. And then behind him we have Jaden Sancho from Dortmund with 17 goals and 16 assists. So that is just the most well-rounded player ever. And also a perfect transition to the next segment, which is where I want to talk about some of the best rookies. And Sancho is easily on that list. At 20 years old, he had 17 goals and 16 assists. So that is just super awesome. Another name I want to shout out is Alfonso Davies, 19 years old, and he was definitely a key integral part of Bayern's success this year with all the injury trouble Bayern ran into. He played out of position from left wing, made a left back. Granted, he's sitting right there next to Alaba and training us to Alaba, so you can't really ask for a better coach than that. But Davies stepped up when he needed to. He showed that youthful pace and energy he has, and over the course of you know, six, seven, eight games, really got into form as a defensive player, as a left back, and just overall became one of the best left backs in Europe over the course of 20-some-odd games. So Davies, congrats. He did super well, also provided a couple goals along the way since he is a natural left winger. So Davies is definitely an important part of Bayern's team in the future and definitely one of the rookies of the season this year. Next up, I want to give a shout-out to Erling Holland, 19 years old, and he came to the Bundesliga only in January and just lit it up. Upwards of 13 goals in 10 games or something, getting a hat-trick, just playing absurdly, absurdly well for someone who just showed up in January to make this list, only playing half a season. Erling Holland definitely earned the spot of being one of the best rookies of the year, and he's only 19. Whether Dortmund is able to hold on to him for this season or maybe next season is going to be interesting because with a talent like that, you best believe that the rest of the world have their eyes on him. So that is definitely a player to keep your eye on for sure. Speaking of players to keep your eye on because other teams are encroaching, Kai Havertz turned 20 towards the tail end of the season, was 19 for most of it, is another star-star player since 
the resumption of play after the coronavirus pause, he's had just amazing numbers, something like five or six goals and four or five assists, just consistently getting on the ball and getting results. Whether it's helpers, whether it's goals, he's involved with it. He got his team to the DFB Pokal final against Bayern Munich, and while they lost that game, he still was an integral part of the team and has played well enough where he is being scouted by some of the best teams in the world. There's rumors of Chelsea, there's rumors of other Premier League teams and other top five clubs in the world looking for Kai Havertz's signature this summer. So that remains to be seen, but there is still some Europa League action for Kai Havertz and Bayer Leverkusen. So that, that we'll talk about that in a second. And just another name I want to give an honorable mention to. I don't think he was as good as a lot of the other players I just mentioned, but I do want to give a shout-out to Matthias Cunha. Last year played for RB Leipzig. This year he played for Hertha Berlin, and I really think he did come into his own. I believe he only got something like 10 starts, but in those 10 starts he got five goals and one or two assists. And he's showing that he is definitely a good player that some team like Hertha Berlin could invest in and build a team around in the future. He just turned 21 this season and is already looking better than he did at Leipzig, and he looked really good at Leipzig. So now that he's kind of unleashed and getting more consistent starting time, I see Cunha as someone that could really grow into a great player. So shout out to Matthias Cunha. All right, moving on, we have some Europa League action to talk about. So there are three German teams left, and that is Eintracht Frankfurt, Wolfsburg, and Bayer Leverkusen. So as of right now, Frankfurt is 3-0 behind on Basel, and they still get to play that second leg. Then you have Wolfsburg that's 2-1 behind on Shakhtar Donetsk, and you still have that second leg there. And then you have Bayer Leverkusen that is 3-1 up on the Scottish side Rangers, and there's still one more game to be played there. So out of these three teams, I think Bayer Leverkusen has the best chance to advance and to win the Europa League. And fun fact there is that even though Bayer Leverkusen has already qualified for Europa League action next year, if they win the Europa League, that would give them an automatic Champions League spot instead of their Europa League spot. So that is something to keep an eye on. Bayer Leverkusen does still have something to fight for, and that is Champions League action. So next year, it's possible you might have five German teams in the Champions League. So that's pretty cool. Next up, we have Champions League action. So there are two German teams left, and that is RB Leipzig and Bayern Munich. Unfortunately, Dortmund was eliminated by PSG, just like Bayern was eliminated by PSG a few years ago. So those are the two teams we currently have left. Arguably, Bayern is the favorite to win. They've already won the domestic double, and they just have players in top form. Lewandowski's in top form. Thomas Muller's in top form. The rest of the team is doing super well. So arguably, they could be the best to win. Leipzig is already on their way to the quarters, having beaten Tottenham in the round of 16. They have already clinched their quarterfinal spot. Bayern is up 3-0 on aggregate against Chelsea. However, they are all away goals scored in Stamford Bridge. So... Bayern kind of has an advantage there because the second leg has to be played at the Allianz Arena, and Chelsea has to score four goals, really, on Bayern to win that game, to win that tie, really. However, Chelsea is in really great form right now, so I'm not putting that outside the realm of possibility. If this game was happening back in February or March like it was supposed to, I think Bayern would have walked all over them, but Chelsea right now is playing kind of well, so we can't really rule them out just yet. But, however, Bayern is definitely one of the favorites. They are currently fighting for a treble. 
which would just be super awesome for all the players on that team and for myself as a fan. So I'm hoping they get that trouble, but we still have more Champions League action to see. Another fun fact about the two German teams left, namely RB Leipzig, RB Leipzig had Timo Werner on the team, who's the second highest goal scorer in the Bundesliga. He secured a transfer over to Chelsea this summer and has actually taken himself out of RB Leipzig's Champions League squad, even though they have a couple more games remaining. So how ironic would it be if RB Leipzig advances or wins the Champions League, having Timo Werner get them all the way there but not get to lift the trophy because he decided it'd be better for him to join Chelsea early for training and not stick out and finish up the project with RB Leipzig. I just find that pretty interesting, and I don't think that's actually the right decision. If I was him, I would still fight tooth and nail to try to get that Champions League trophy, no matter how unlikely it may seem. Players base their entire careers off trying to get to teams that can get them Champions League success, and he was on a team that made it to the quarterfinal, but decided to leave that for probably a bigger contract and more prestige, but I think he could have finished out at least this Champions League season with Leipzig just to see where it would have went. I, I think he'll be kicking himself in the head if RB Leipzig win it and he wasn't part of the team. So that's just that. All right, and before we go here, we do have some fan questions, so I'll answer a couple of those, and then we'll uh, wrap this up. So on Instagram from Top Bins Talk Podcast, we have a couple questions, and they are, Will Timo Werner leaving trigger a mass exodus of talented players from the league? And my answer to that is that Timo Werner is not the one that's beginning this kind of a thing. It's already been a trend. Other leagues across the world have always been coming to the Bundesliga for talent. It's not new. It's been going on forever. And this is just the latest one to happen. You had players like Aubameyang, who won the Golden Boot and was very close in the, in the uh, Champions League with Dortmund a couple of years back, go to, go to Arsenal. Then you had Kevin De Bruyne, who had the assist record with Wolfsburg, get picked up by Manchester City, and Pep Guardiola, who played against him while he was in the Bundesliga, and he recognized there was talent there and brought it with him to Man City. Same thing goes with Leroy Sané. That's another player that Pep Guardiola played with or played against in the Bundesliga and saw the talent there, brought him over to Manchester City. You have Bernd Leno, who became the goalkeeper of Arsenal. So you have a lot of these talented, talented players that teams have always seen and recognized in the Bundesliga, and it's just now that it's a player of Werner's caliber. But I think Aubameyang was, was up there as well. So it, it's nothing new to me. It's something that's always been happening because other leagues recognize the talent is here. And that's a big reason of why I enjoy watching the Bundesliga because it's almost like I got in on the ground floor. I get to see these players years before a lot of other players see them in La Liga or see them in the EPL. So I think to me that's super exciting, getting to see these players play young and play early in their careers and then other people discover them later on. I think it's a great reason to watch the Bundesliga to see that talent. Next, they say... How will teams recover from talents like Timo and possibly Kai Havertz leaving with a lack of money? So I definitely think that the coronavirus pandemic, the lack of in-person fans, which leads to you know less money for tickets, less money from concessions and beer sales, less money from merch sales on game days. I think all of that is hurting lots of teams that are barely financially solvent. So what I think that's going to do is going to drive player prices way, way down, 
where before Kai Havertz could have been a close to $100 million player. I don't think he'll get anywhere near that now. Timo Werner, I believe his transfer was like 54 million euros or, or pounds, whatever the price was. So I do think that a lot of players' prices are dropping because teams need money and they're desperate to get it, but then they also can't spend as much. So that kind of just drives prices down all the way across the board. So yeah, uh, having this, this pandemic definitely caused prices on players to drop, which I think they were overinflated to begin with. So it's, to me, it's on, on, only natural that player prices are dropping. I think that's that's fair. And then the last question is, will Bayern's reign eventually end? All good things must come to an end. Bayern is riding out their luck that they've won eight titles in a row. Juventus has won nine. If, if they win this year, they will have won nine. So they already have eight as of last year. And just like with Juventus, I think Bayern eventually will slip up. And that's why I keep saying teams like RB Leipzig and teams like Dortmund, if they hold on to their talented players and have someone that could commit to that project, wouldn't you like to be the player on the team that finally unthrones Bayern and wins the the Bundesliga? That I think is a big talking point of why I think you know top tier Bundesliga teams should try to attract top talent because Bayern's going to get unlucky eventually, and wouldn't you like to be the ones to lift the trophy instead of them? So that's all the fan questions I got. Anyway, guys, that's the episode. This has been an amazing, record-breaking Bundesliga season, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. The race was exciting all the way to the end, and there's still some action in Europa League and Champions League to look out for. I hope next season is just as exciting. So after this episode, I imagine I'll take a break for a little bit, probably until August, till we get some Champions League and Europa League action back. At that time, I might also talk about some transfer rumors, confirmed and rumored, and other things like that. But for the time being, definitely check out my back catalog. Like I said, all my episodes from 1 through 37 are all up wherever you get your podcast. So definitely go back and check some of those episodes out if you want some content. With that being said, I also have a bunch of stuff in the show notes. So check that out for sure. I'll have some season highlights and player highlights, all that kind of stuff in the show notes. So definitely take a look there. If you guys ever want to reach me, my email is w2bundesliga at gmail.com. That is w2bundesliga at gmail.com. And my Instagram is welcome to the Bundesliga with underscores between each word. That is welcome to the Bundesliga with underscores between each word. That being said, my name is Andrew. I'll see you guys next time. Yeah.